You're listening to the Saluki Gamescast. My name is Justin Young. This is episode 45 for May 11th, Thursday, May 11th. Ooh, we're doing it on a weird day, 2023. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, shocking. It is finals week, so we're having to mix things up a little bit here. But joining me are OJ Duncan and Alicia Utech. How are y'all doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I So on Tuesday, I defended my prospectus. So I'm very, very happy to be there. <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I messed up. I should have introduced you as OJ Duncan, comma, ABD, all mm-hmm. but dissertation. Yeah. So uh, for, for people who may not know what the, <clears throat> excuse me, what the process is, uh, so you do prelims and then you become a PhD candidate and then you do a prospectus, which is essentially like saying, hey, this is what I'm going to research for my dissertation. Um, uh And then once you defend that for your committee, then you become ABD, also known as all but dissertation. Uh, Some people get stuck there and are in ABD for a very, very, very long time. I'm not planning to be there for a very long time. I'm hoping to be, be yeah, I'm hoping to be out of it within a year. I'm moving pretty fast through the program myself. Uh, Anyway, so I'm I'm probably going to be done by the end of the fourth year, Um, whereas uh, the end of four or five years is where people usually finish. So I'm. I'm feeling pretty good about my progress. Um, As you should. You're rocking it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. you should feel good. Thank you. I mean, you are making consistent progress, and you're not stumbling like big stumbles or mm-hmm. anything, and like you should feel good about that. It's an accomplishment, yeah. and I mean, a big part of doing a terminal degree is just being able to stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, it really the is. The number one traits <laughs> of people who have PhDs, <laughs> stubbornness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some amount of persistence, yeah. right? Like, and mm-hmm. that's a valuable quality to have in academia. <laughs> in anything, really. I got, I got some good feedback. Um, I got, I got hard questions, and I was expecting hard questions, but I was expecting different kinds of hard questions because. So I, I was prepared. Uh, so what happens is like they're I do, asking you the capital of Oklahoma. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, that, I was, that was not. Expecting I had to list that. all fifty capitals in uh, alphabetical order. Uh, uh, all 50 <laughs> states I could do. All yeah. 50 capitals, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I, uh, so I, I, I was ready. The, the way that it's set up is you do a five to 10 minute presentation, and then your committee asks questions, and then you leave and then come back. Uh, and then they say, hey, you passed, or oh, no, you did not. And uh, so I got ready for questions about my method, I got ready for questions about my theory. But then uh, I got a question like, so why are you doing this? Like sp- asking me specifically about the project. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> and like I knew personal reasons that I wanted to do it, which is what they wanted to hear. But I started panicking, thinking I'm in academia. I need to figure out theoretical reasons why I'm doing this. So I just kind of sat there like, uh, for two well, minutes. Well, there's a gap in the research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said and that I and they were like, well, of course there's. Filled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I even I even had the the fancy word lacuna ready to go, um, and I didn't use it. What does lacuna it. mean? So a lacuna is a gap in the research, essentially. Oh, I learned something new. I get to go back to bed. Yeah, yeah, um, but I I didn't even use it. I was ready to say lacuna, and I didn't. I said gaps in research. Uh, but oh, I, points off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you barely scraped by because you didn't use lacuna. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, so I got some good feedback. I'm making some changes and moving forward. Next, I get to uh, go in front of the human, uh, what is it, human research board. 
um, and some my recruit. Yeah. And, uh, and then do my research and then write and then I'm done. Yeah, for those listening, IRB is Institutional Review Board. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that at research institutions, uh, any sort of human-focused research has to go before a committee and be approved. Um, this Make sure a, you're not doing the Stanford Prison Experiment or anything. Right. There's a long history of this dating back basically to, like, the Nuremberg trials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, we've come very far in research and making sure that human beings are treated well in research. And so universities have this, which is a good thing, uh, but is sometimes a lot of work to get, <laughs> to get something approved. It's one of those things that we all, if, if someone were to try and get rid of it, we would be like, oh my gosh, no, this is so right. needed. <laughs> and yet whenever we have to deal with it, we're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is so tedious. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that... That's fantastic. I mean, if you are, you know, you want feedback, you want constructive mm-hmm. yes. feedback, you know, you don't want to go in there and somebody say, well, this is, this is crap. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing with your life? Um, Alternatively, it's not very helpful if everybody's just like, wow, great job. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, then you're like, well, are they just <clears throat> being nice or like, you know, I wish they would guide me a little bit yeah. more. No, I have a fantastic committee. They they gave me really, really great feedback, every single one of them. So I'm so happy. Good. That's really fantastic mm-hmm. to hear. Uh, so, OJ, that's how you're doing, which is, like, fantastic. Alicia, how are you doing? <laughs> I bet you can guess what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, does it involve that time of the semester? Yep. <laughs> you know, I have... I just have to keep reminding myself, 48 hours, one way or another, it'll be done. Mm-hmm. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm pretty sure it's not a train. Everything's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think you're, you'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I understand. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it always gets I, – I don't, lots of people go to college, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of people do not teach at the college level. And when, and I think as grad students, you have a very unique perspective of teaching while also taking classes, Mm -hmm. right? And so you get to see both sort of perspectives, how stressful it is at the end of the semester, have multiple projects and finals that you're prepping for. And at the same time, as a teacher, having to grade those projects and grade those finals (laughs) and write those finals and everything. Oh, I've already warned my students. I'm like, you're getting grades on like Monday because I'm going to need to finish my work and then just breathe for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think, you know, that's the thing you don't understand as an undergrad in college. You don't really get a very good perspective of just how much work it is at the end of the semester for faculty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's an argument, well, can you space things out? But like, if you space things out, then you're not giving them enough time for like big projects that you have to sort of like first half of the semester lay out how to do the project, Mm -hmm. like teach the theory and everything. And then the second half of the semester is okay. Now apply that, do it. Yeah. So, well, um, I'm glad that you are going to have the weekend to relax and like do some grading at your own pace. Yeah. No, I think like once I get through Sunday and like next week, there's multiple days that I have one thing I need to do and that's it. And I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> I need this so bad. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Well, I am excited to get done with everything so that I can head out of town and go on a much-needed vacation. So that's my plan as soon as I can get out of here. <laughs> uh, nothing against Carbondale or SIU. It's just nice <laughs> just to, need a break. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to get out sometimes. Um, all right, well, let's jump right on in into what you've been playing. And Alicia, you were teasing before we went on air that you have been playing something. What have you been playing, Alicia? Uh, I've still been playing. I'm still playing more Power Wash Simulator. Um, did have to stop for a couple of days because the they updated the game, and then the level that I was on, where you're cleaning the boat, mm-hmm. the previous update caused a glitch where none of the dirt was appearing on the boat. It looked completely clean, and like you could run the power washer on it, and it would still have the little bar going down saying like, "Oh yeah, it's getting more clean," but. You couldn't see any progress that you were making. Oh wow! So that that put put a pause on Power Wash Sim for me, and I was like, okay, it's finals week. I should take a pause. <laughs> but then one of my friends on Discord was like, okay, switch update, and I was like, switch update. I wonder if that also fixed the glitch, <laughs> and it did. So oh, turned the game back on. Should I have been playing Switch yesterday? <laughs> no. Did I play Switch yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it depends how much time were you playing Switch. Because, like, Pyrowash Simulators, we've talked about, is a great 15 to 20 minute game. Yeah, I can't can play for 15 in. to 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I pick it up and it's two hours, and then I'm like, oh, I need to feed the cat dinner. <laughs> and then I put it down and I get, and I get to work normally. But last night I had a going away dinner for several friends who are, you know, graduating or leaving or whatever the case may be, so. I saw a picture of you on Facebook from that. It was Elizabeth that posted it, wasn't it? Yep. Mm. Yep. Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun. I was scrolling through, and I wasn't even seeing who posted, and I was like, hey, this picture of Alicia. I was like, Alicia didn't post that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, gang of us went out to Fujiyama, and it was the first time most of us have actually sat and, you know, done the hibachi dinner thing where they do the whole show with fire and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. So it was a good time. Cool. Cool. I think the best one of those shows I've ever been to was in Disney World in, like, Ooh, Epcot yeah. Center. <laughs> and it it was just great because the guy, like, made Mickey Mouse with the food. And then he, was, he like, he said, oh, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. And... Like, luckily, there are no kids at the table with us, and they need to start chopping him up. <laughs> I was like, this would be very traumatizing for children. Yeah. Yeah, our guy did. He made a heart with the meat, and then he was like, yeah, yep, we got the heart. Broken heart. <laughs> yeah, they're good showmen usually doing those. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so um, Power Wash Simulator, anything else? That's really been it. Yeah. Uh, you know, finals week. I do know I shouldn't be playing games. <laughs> it's just when my brain is overwhelmed and I'm like, I need to de-stress. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's fine. Like, right? If you can if you can do it in moderation like, yeah. as a break, right? That's pretty good. I will say that is why I do it in the afternoon instead of evening. Because afternoon, then I have to stop and feed the cat dinner eventually. <laughs> if I play in the evening, then suddenly it's 1 a.m. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, um, you know, there is research like that switching and doing something different with your brain is actually really healthy for you Mm -hmm. 
because like you're using different parts of your brain and everything. So like it actually is relaxing to like, if you're reading to stop and play a video game or, you know, if you're writing something to stop, play a video game or stop and mm-hmm. read something because you mm-hmm. use different parts of your brain. And so you think, Oh, I'm still using my brain, but you're using different parts. So it actually is relaxing. I feel like I'm being enabled right now. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hey, I do it all the time. I have a, uh, I have my gaming computer right next to the computer I work at, and uh, I, I'll just turn and be like, okay, I need a break. I'm going to play, like, 30 minutes of a video game, and I feel better, mm-hmm. and I can go back to work. Yeah. So, um, And that's much more productive than getting up and, like, l- walking away, because if I walk <laughs> away, I'm not coming back for an hour or two. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, all right, OJ, what have you been playing? Um, so I really – I. I spent a lot of the time preparing for my perspectives defense. And then, um, so mostly what I've been playing, I downloaded a Sudoku app. And I'm very bad with numbers. Um, but this one is Killer Sudoku. The ads aren't too bad on it. Uh, like, I would prefer no ads, but, you know, it's it's sure it's a free app. Uh, but it's, 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 I think, using a part of my brain that I don't usually use with the numbers and everything because everything is all taken care of. And um, so I'm just using that to kind of zone out. And I'm this is not video game related necessarily, but I'm rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so, so I've just been That's the reason that. for the meme the other day? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, generally I have a lot of memes anyway, but uh, uh, Buffy memes show up all the time. But uh, that it's particularly relevant right now because I'm rewatching it. Uh, just started season four. Uh, so I spent I spent a lot of time just staring at, at that. Uh, season four, which has like some of the best episodes, but also some of the worst episodes, yes, is yeah. a very mixed bag of a season. Yeah, and I really don't like Adam, if we're being honest. Mm. But uh, how you feel about Riley? See, I like Riley. Okay. Um, I thought Riley was good for Buffy, and I I don't know. I felt I felt like they did him dirty towards the end of it. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people don't like Riley, but I thought Riley was good. All right. Um, oh, and I just, there was a Pedro Pascal episode. The The first one of season four is, has Pedro Pascal in it. He's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd seen that like on <clears throat> Twitter or something, like <clears throat> um, after The Last of Us yeah. had blown up and somebody had tweeted out, they were like, oh, I was watching Buffy and Pedro Pascal popped up in one of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and they posted the picture, and it was like so young. Yeah, he's so young looking. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I, and and Buffy's like interesting because it's so influential on video games. Mm-hmm. The whole like yep. Joss Whedon, uh, you know, writing uh, style and everything. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of modern video games, mm-hmm. you know, build off of that. Yeah. Sometimes much to their detriment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, say what you want about Joss Whedon, but Joss Whedon is a better writer than most people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when people try to imitate him, they fell spectacularly yeah. quite often. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Killer Sudoku. Yeah. Um, so playing that on the phone and mm-hmm. everything. Yep. Uh, and then just a little bit here and there while I can. And that's that's all I've been playing. All right. I'm very much looking forward to um, Tears of the Kingdom coming out. That comes out tonight. And yeah. So um, as far as what I've been playing, I preload it, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh-huh. So yeah. it is downloaded to my Switch. I can't play mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah. I can just sit there and look at it. <laughs> just be like, so pretty. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very pretty setting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All downloaded and everything. Um, and it's kind of annoying. But <laughs> when I go on vacation, I am taking my Switch with me. So <laughs> I do plan to try to play at least a little bit of it. I never mm-hmm. play my Switch as much as I think I will when mm-hmm. I travel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, you know. And I will take it. I will get some time in, I suppose. Um, so that's the big thing for me that unlocks tonight at midnight. So I will be very excited to play some of that. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I haven't really played much. I did play some Dead Cells. So we were talking about having something that you could quickly jump in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been kind of my thing going back to it. I finally have beat, I think, everything in that game. So I beat uh, the Castlevania DLC. I beat all the new DLC, other stuff that was new when I came back to it. So I think I've now beat everything. I don't have all the achievements because some of the achievements are insane, which are, you know, it's got those sorts of achievements, like kill three of these enemies at the same time with this very particular weapon, which is all randomized. So you don't know if you're going to get it anyway. It's clue style. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very much clue style. K- kill three goblins in the castle. <laughs> With the lamppost. Right. Uh, there actually there actually is like a, a lamppost. Like <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, I probably won't get all those achievements in this game, but I did beat all the different things, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. There's probably some secrets I've missed, but... Um, you know, at least most of the big things. I think I got the big final ending to the game mm. at this point. Um, that's still a fantastic game, and you know they are at times selling it with all the DLC for like down around twenty bucks, and that's a fantastic value. So if you've mm-hmm. never played Dead Cells, play Dead Cells. It's entirely worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that does for what we've been playing. Let's move on into the news and. Um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Atari is releasing uh, a game called Mr. Run and Jump. So this was originally a homebrew 26, Atari 2600 title, and Atari has apparently, I, I, I guess, worked with the creator of that game, and they're making a version that they're going to put out onto more modern systems, um, and it is now uh, all neon in like design and everything. Um, is a platformer very much in the style of like Meat Boy or Celeste, mm-hmm. um, that sort of, you know, uh, I forget. There's like a certain like sub-genre title mm-hmm. for those games. But uh, it, it just, it looks cool. Like that's the thing I got to say. It has a really cool look to it. And the other thing I'll say about it is Atari's doing some like cool stuff lately, which is really weird to think say and think mm-hmm. because it was just like a year or two ago we were talking about the atari hotel and their baseball cap that had a speaker built into it and you were like <laughs> what is wrong with atari <laughs> <laughs> and you know they did atari 50 they're doing this they're doing that um uh what's that game the the vr game pixel oh um you played yep. um why is this not coming to me yeah, I, I can't think of the we name. We all know what you're talking about. Pixel Rip, right. So they're doing the Pixel Rip 1977. Um, that's coming out this summer, I think maybe June. And, you know, so they're just doing some cool stuff. And, like, when you start to see this sort of stuff, you're like, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. y- 
you kind of know your zone. You're not trying to make a, a triple A missile command game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're not going to spend a hundred million dollars making your game. You're going to make these small little kind of indie retro titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you hear they're buying the rights to Bubsy and stuff, you're <laughs> like, okay, that's the right lane for you to be in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, the world doesn't need a triple A Bubsy title. <laughs> so, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> there are many things I'm that sure of, but that's one of them. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this kind of blew up, <coughs> excuse me, on social media. Uh, GQ Magazine has made a list of the 100 greatest games of all time. They did this by polling... Um, games journalists, game developers, you know, a, a quite wide assortment of different people in the industry. They basically, my understanding is, sent out emails to them asking them to make a list of their top 10 games of all time. They weighted that list with points, and then they developed a list of the 100 greatest games of all time. Um, we're going to look at the top 10 here. Uh, the top 10... Um, were Half-Life 2 at number 10, number 9, Dark Souls, number 8, Portal 2, number 7, Metal Gear Solid, number 6, Mass Effect 2, number 5, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, number 4, Bloodborne, number 3, Tetris, number 2, The Last of Us, and number 1, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um... So, I guess we can talk about this top ten list. Well, I, I have some notes about the whole entire list. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, I, I do want to talk about the whole list, so let's just jump yeah. right into it. Okay. So, um, they even in the, in the beginning of the article, they're like, hey, there's, there's not even any of the Assassin's Creed games in the top 100. Uh, and so, here are some other game and games and game franchises that were not listed in the top 100 of what the, the, they're saying is the greatest game of all time. There was no Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. There was no Mega Man game. There was no Sonic game. There was no Donkey Kong game. There was no Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre, or even really any of the good tactics-type games. No Ace Attorney, no Silent Hill, no Devil May Cry, no Bayonetta. I thought they had Silent Hill 2. Oh, they might have. I might have missed it. I think they Actually, had now Silent that Hill you say too, that, I think they might. They but did. I think that was the only one they had. Okay. Um, no Diablo games. Uh, and it was it was very much all console games too, or mostly console games. Right. Um, but like Candy nope. Crush is a very very popular game. So like I, I don't know. Uh, and they said there was like six hundred and seventy two items or something like that, and it was only the top one hundred. But like that's ridiculous. Elden, and so there was two Souls games in the top ten, um, and Elden Ring was twenty. And like. There, there's a, a, a recency also, bias for most of these. I'll say I was really yeah. surprised. The the lack of Sonic really surprised me, mm-hmm. and the fact that there was only two Pokemon games, yeah. and it was Red and Blue, and Gold and Silver. Yeah. I'm like, man, when you look when you look at the Pokemon games, don't get me wrong, Red and Blue mm-hmm. and Gold and Silver are iconic. Mm-hmm. Red and blue are held together with duct tape and dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when people talk about the great Pokemon games. Usually the first one on the list is Heart Gold Soul Silver, mm-hmm. and then honestly a lot of people talk you know Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby, mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah. these aren't on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
And so there was one Resident Evil game. Resident Evil 4 was number 11, which I think is a travesty. Um, Final Fantasy 7 was number 17. Final Fantasy 10 was 51. Final Fantasy 9 was 57. Final Fantasy 6 was 73. It didn't have Final Fantasy 4. Um, Final Fantasy 14 was number 85. The only Mario Kart game was Super Mario Kart at number 90. Yeah, that was yeah. insane. The original. Yeah. And it, like, Breath of the Wild being number one is kind of ridiculous because, like, I like the game a lot. It has the worst weapon system of all of the Zelda games, though. I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, when when you say it's the greatest games of all time, on the one hand, I love that it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, we're going to put together our list of favorites and mm-hmm. call them the 100 greatest. Yeah. Like, I like that they went out and asked people, but mm-hmm. also I think it does matter that they were asking game journalists mm-hmm. and all that. Because, like, yeah. even some being someone who enjoys video games, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever play Breath of the Wild because it's the... It's too overwhelming mm-hmm. in the open world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like Tetris that or even Candy Crush, like you mm-hmm. said, like something that is very accessible. Yep. There's an argument for that being greater. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and my understanding is like and this is from reading some journalists who posted and said, Hey, I contributed to mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. is that they were given no real like no real know, criteria for yeah, what's great. No real guidance. You know, yeah. it was like, hey, give us your Top 10 greatest games of all time. Well, are you talking about most influential? Are you talking about the mm-hmm. best to play today? The best mm-hmm. to play in their time? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one of the things is there aren't very many old games on this list. Yep. Yeah. Right? There aren't games pre-1990, basically, on this <laughs> list. Yeah. So, like, what you're not getting is a whole lot of, like, PC adventure games. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a whole lot of the Sierra or LucasArts adventure mm-hmm. games. You're not getting TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, widely considered to be, like, one of the best PC games of all time. Mm-hmm. I think the only fighting game at all was Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Right. So, like, you're not getting fighting games? Mm-hmm. Like, any fighting games? You're not getting a whole lot of, like, competitive games, mm-hmm. period? Yeah. Um, you're not getting Pac-Man? Mm-hmm. I know. I was like, where are any arcade games? Right. Yeah, so, like, not a lot of arcade games, mm-hmm. but, like, even something like, how do you make a 100 greatest games of all time list and not include Pac-Man? Right. Yeah. Or, right. or more to the point, one of our Mount Rushmore 4, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man yeah. which is yeah. the better game, mm-hmm. right? right? So, you know, and even, like, looking at this top 10, um, you know, it, it's sort of weird. Like, we get Portal 2 on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anyone who thinks that Portal 2 is a better game than Portal. Right. Like, yeah, but Portal 1 was way down, like, yeah. in the 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, I, I would rank the original. And I like Portal 2 quite mm-hmm. a bit. I think it's a very good game. But Portal 1 is, mm-hmm. like, a, a just fantastic from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think Portal 2 suffers from its bigger length and, you know, mm-hmm. bigger story and more mechanics and everything. Um and, and so it, you end up with, like, a very weird list. Like, What mm-hmm, Remains yeah. of Edith Finch is on this list, which is a mm-hmm. good game, but, like, mm-hmm. better than Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, I look at them, like, it blew my mind. Undertale was never, number 74. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do y'all understand? Were you on Tumblr? Do y'all understand <laughs> the impact that Undertale had? <laughs> yeah. And like, Link to the Past is 26, and Breath of the Wild is number one. Ocarina like, of Time was, like, stupid low. Yeah. Um, like, S- Secret of Monkey Island was 77. That's one of my favorite games of all time. 
Um, Tony Hawk 2 was 78. Yeah, like not having yeah. a Tony Hawk game in the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, there's also not really any sports games. I'll say there's right no there. sports games. There's no like, not even like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Like none mm-hmm. of those real like family right. games that you play in as a group. Like you mentioned, none of the Super Smash Bros yeah. or or knockoffs of Super yeah. Smash Bros. <laughs> which knockoffs shouldn't be there over, but... Right. Yeah, where is our Nickelodeon, like, knockoff? Because we all where's know our, how much we like that. Where's our multiverses? <laughs> yeah. Where's our Nickelodeon all-star brawl? And Symphony of the Night, 62. Super Metroid is 60. Uh, and Rogue yeah. wasn't even in there. Cause, like, Symphony of the Night was the... And Symphony of the Night was the only Castlevania, and that was yeah. stupid low. Yeah, 62. And, like, Metroidvania... Like, you even mentioned, oh, hey, one half of the Metroidvania. And it's like... That's so influential with that, and along like, well, I mean, you look at this top ten list. There's not a single Super Nintendo game on here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and you know, not that it's just sort of hard, right? Like when you have the Super Nintendo and you have Super Mario World and you have Super Metroid and you have A Link to the Past and you have like this lineup that many people view. Among those games, one of their favorite games mm-hmm. of all time, and not one of them made the top ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know Cat uh, Bailey, who writes over at IGN, um, she posted on Twitter, and I, I want to give her credit for the, the comment, but she said, this showed, this list really shows the insecurity of the game industry mm-hmm. and how insecure people within the game industry are about video games. Mm-hmm. Because there's a prestige bias. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, it's these very modern, very sort of cinematic sort of games that Mm -hmm. end up in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, like. What was our game of the year last year? uh, Vampire Survivors. Mm -hmm. That wasn't on there. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, there's some recency bias. Like, yeah. Are you voting for a game (laughs) released in the last year? But yeah, I mean, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like, some of these other games. We talked about how that Mm -hmm. just was. Mind blowing, yeah. yeah, and and like that, I w- I don't know that I would expect that to be top ten, but I would have expected it on the list, yeah, as compared to some of the other things that were on the list. Yeah, I mean that's the sort of game that might sneak on at ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the very tail end of the list and everything, mm-hmm. just because it's so recent. Um, but like Kat Bailey's point was that the game industry really looks to these AAA games that they can like show to their friends, show to their mm-hmm. family and say, see, you could play this. This isn't all Pac-Man. This isn't mm-hmm. all, you know, these sorts of games that are um, very gamey, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I think she has a very good point because like when you look at a list like this it, and, you know, there's... Okay, so I was writing... Uh, a, I was writing a, a research paper this uh, week, and I, I used the phrase uh, t- to describe Super Mario All-Stars, that it's Hegelian in nature, mm-hmm. um, meaning that, like, video games have this, like, this idea of whatever is the newest is the best, mm-hmm. right? Like, video games are the end of history, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we are... Um, we are aspiring to like whatever is the newest thing with the best graphics, the best sound is the best video game. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. No. And you know, I I get that if you're 10, Mm -hmm. 
But, like, if you're anything older than that, I think you start to realize, like, okay, well, like, as you said, red and blue are not the best Pokemon. That's no, fine. They're nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I love them to death. They established an incredible franchise. Mm-hmm. They're held together with duct tape and dreams. Mm-hmm. But, like, in some cases, you know, but, like, you also wouldn't say, um, what is the most recent Sword and Shield? Violet. Yeah, Violet. Violet. I wouldn't have put Scarlet and Violet on this list either. <laughs> right. So you would say <laughs> you know? something earlier mm-hmm. than that is, right? And... I think what this list to me looks like is, okay, well, Portal 2 is the best because it's two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's better than Portal 1, right? <laughs> and But they put Metal Gear Solid on the top ten, and Metal Gear Solid wasn't the best even in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Well, I mean, some people. Yeah. But, and. Like, I suppose it's the most influential, right? Right. But then Portal 2 is not the most, <laughs> like. Yeah. They, you know, they just, just, they don't. Define their terms, like yeah, and it was kind of it was ranked ranked choice, I think, that they did because number one, if someone something was number one on someone's list, it got ten points. If something was number ten on their list, it got one point, right? Right. Yeah. But I think that like I think ranked choice voting where there's smaller options is great, but when you have like all video games of all time, I think that that might be why something like this pops up too, like because it something could have been number uh, ten on everybody's list. And not showed up even in the top 100. Yeah. But it could be, but something that showed up on like, uh, as number five or higher on like half of the list could show up as number one. Um, just because there's so many options. Uh, so I think, yeah. I know some of the journalists I read said that they voted strategically. Mm-hmm. And so they were taking games and saying, hey, I'm going to put this at number one mm-hmm. because I want to try to make sure it gets on the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not what I think is the number one game of mm-hmm. all time, but I'm voting strategically just to try to get it on the list. Yeah. And I think Last of Us probably is one of those. Yeah. Well, the, mm-hmm. apparently there are also several members of Naughty Dog mm-hmm. who, who <laughs> voted. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that might, uh, that might. Uh, be part of that but yeah, yeah like i i i think the last of us is a very good game yeah. do i think it's the number two best video game of all time Mm-mm. no way yeah. no like i don't even think it's the best game naughty dog has made right and so you know like i mean there's no reason to get really upset over this like that's what these lists are for they're mm-hmm. to generate discussion and everything mm-hmm. I, I think what worries me sometimes when i see something like this is there are people who are sort of outside this hobby mm-hmm. who maybe occasionally play a video game mm-hmm. um, or, you know, maybe they buy an Xbox to play FIFA every year and, mm-hmm. and occasionally they'll pick something else up. Mm-hmm. And I hate for those people to be limited to like the same five or 10 games mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Yeah. right. Like I wish they would occasionally hear about stuff like Pyre Wash Simulator. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. go, Oh, well that's cool. Like, because I can see that game having wide appeal to people who don't play video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, and sorry, this is somewhat sexist, but it used to be that was the type of game they would say, well, girls will play this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And there's some truth to that in that it is a game that's not about violence it's a game that's and not killing gendered. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think like it they has... Don't, they didn't particularly gender it in the marketing or the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think those games end up with this wide appeal, you know, much more than, say, Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they bring in that different audience, right? Which Well, and again, like, some some of these games, you know, 
Breath of the Wild. I like gaming. I will. I don't see myself picking up Breath of the Wild for sixty dollars because it's right. just too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's actually so, seventy. Gosh. <laughs> well, no, no. It's Breath of the Wild. I was thinking Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it's too overwhelming. So like, if someone who's not particularly into gaming but is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Like, my friend Kim just got a Switch and mm-hmm. she picked up. I forget. I forget which Mario platformer, but she picked up one of the Mario platformers. Mm-hmm. And that is overwhelming for her because she's never been a gamer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm like, if if some someone in that position was like, oh, what game should I buy? Oh, well, they say Breath of the Wild is mm-hmm. number one. Well, let me get that then. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah, and I mean, you shouldn't necessarily make the list according to people who aren't gamers. No, but I but, just mean mm-hmm. someone... No, I'm not saying that non-gamers should have made the list, but I'm saying if if you're new to gaming and you're like, okay, well, what should I check out? Mm-hmm. Right. And you look at this and you're like, okay, Breath of the Wild, Last of Us. Oh, yeah, I know Tetris, Bloodborne, Witcher. Like, those are all very specific. Specific mm-hmm. genre in terms of, like, you don't get puzzle games, you don't mm-hmm. get visual novels, yeah. you don't get any of that. And so... yeah. It's a very specific audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the better word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think that's the issue, right? Like, and that's what we're kind of getting at. And I think OJ at the very beginning, listing all the games, you know, franchises that aren't represented mm-hmm. here, you start to go, okay, this isn't a very diverse list, mm-hmm. right? So Kirby wasn't represented. I just realized oh, yeah, that Kirby. halfway through. I'm like, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we skip Kirby? Right. And I, it, it's a, I want to return to number one for just a minute because I, I love Breath of the Wild. I enjoyed playing Breath of the Wild. But again, it has the worst weapon system of any <laughs> Zelda game. And for I hate any game where, where your stuff breaks and you have to fix it or find new stuff anyway. But having the, the, the most powerful sword in the entire universe of this game, the Master Sword, Right. When you once you get it, you can use it for a little bit and then it breaks and you have to wait ten real life minutes to use it again. Seriously? Yeah. It that's ridiculous. No the matter Master how, Sword? Yeah, the Master Sword. You you have to have a certain amount of health to pull it out of the ground, so you have to get a bunch of stuff. So you're getting it pretty late in the game. You have to do a lot of stuff to get the amount of health, the heart containers that you need to get it, right? And then you pull it out, yeah, and you use it. It's and you can use it if you're full health, you can shoot. Uh, but then it breaks, like it, it wears down and breaks. Then you have to wait ten minutes, and then it comes back again. And, oh, I bet speedrunners love that. Right, right. <laughs> and you can pick up weapons all over the place. It's fine, but like, it, if I get the the strongest weapon in a game, I shouldn't have to wait ten real life minutes for it to come back again. And it's 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 ridiculous. And I'm sure Tears of the Kingdom is going to be equally as ridiculous with the weapons. And I'm still going to play it and love it. But th- it should not be the number one game with a broken weapon system and like uh, last broken weapons and broken weapon system yeah yeah <laughs> broken <laughs> yeah, yeah um and then bloodborne and dark souls are great games but they're not the like El- from what i've heard from a lot of people elden ring is is higher than them on the list of the souls types games i mean right? it would be for me at least ahead of dark souls yeah um right. and but you know, like then that becomes a preference issue, right? Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to argue. I don't want to argue preference so much for me personally, just mm-hmm. because like, what is your favorite Zelda game, and, and that mm-hmm. can be very like emotionally mm-hmm. attached, right? right. Mm-hmm. 
um, like, what is your favorite Pokemon game? Yeah. Blue version's still my favorite Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Right. For, for right. the sheer nostalgia of it. Yeah. So, like, that, you know, like, it, like, we can argue that and everything. And, you know, and then you run into the same issue. Like, okay, well, the number one game of all time is a game that came out, you know, what, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how recent should games be this high on the list and everything. Mm-hmm. And when they do these for films, like when the American Film Institute and other, you know, uh, organizations, um, publications do the top hundred films, they very much have a bias bias towards older films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't see a lot of newer films on the list. And then like over time, it's, you'll see them kind of work their way up mm-hmm. the list. Yeah. Because they're uh, interested in what stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, that's where I kind of go back to. If I'm making the 100 greatest games of all time, you know, looking at this list, I was thinking to myself, okay, 40 years later, we're still playing Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. 40 years later, I will still sit down in an arcade and play a game of Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. In just 10 years, we have already remastered and remade The Last of Us twice, mm-hmm. saying that that original game doesn't hold up mm-hmm. in the same way that yeah. it once did. So in another 30 years, are we still going to be playing The Last of Us or are we going to remake it two or three more times because the mechanics don't hold up and everything? And so is that one of the best games of all time then? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's... You I have think that's to why Tetris that. is often number one because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you can always pick up Tetris and know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And like you said, 40 years later, we're still playing Pac-Man. How, how how long we've been playing Tetris, mm-hmm. how easy it is to pick up for anybody. Like 35 years. Yeah. Yeah, and Tetris holds up, right? Yeah. And it's super accessible, super, like, it's just pure gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Tetris, I have no problem being that high Oh, no, list. I think Tetris should be number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's an interesting list. It's worth looking at, but... Yeah, you know, it's certainly very much um, a list that's biased towards more recent games and biased towards games that would appeal particularly to people who work within the industry and people who, um, you know, are journalists covering the industry and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So maybe not the best list for a casual person to pick up and look at. Unless they just want to know, like, what do diehards really like in video games? Um, all right, let's see. Um, the EU is reported to approve the Microsoft Activision deal next week. This is after uh, the UK has uh, put a kibosh on it. So that might be some ammunition towards overturning that. I, I, I don't say, know. Is this going to be like, like when you're on a talent show? And two judges say yes, one says no, the two, you get it, you go through. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it works that way. But, I mean, it, you know, I guess maybe they could go back and say, hey, the EU's approving this. If the FTC in the U.S. approved it, then they could go back to the U.K. and say, hey, they approved it. What can we do to make you happy? Mm-hmm. Right? And then maybe that puts some pressure on the U.K. to approve it. Uh, maybe the UK says, screw it, we did Brexit, we don't care what the EU thinks. EA's CEO, um, Electronic Arts CEO, has said that he is indifferent to the deal. Um, 
which is kind of interesting to see a big third-party mm. publisher just say, yeah, we don't care. Mm. Um, Nintendo has said they will have no new console this year. That's not too surprising. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, the announcement to the release could be short this time. So basically saying, hey, we're not announcing a new console this year, but when we do announce a new console, it may come out very quickly after mm -hmm. our announcement. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of gives credence to what a lot of people are kind of expecting with this, that we could see a new console from Nintendo as early as next spring sometime. Yeah. Um, and that's when Nintendo launched the Switch. Um, that seemed to work out well for them because, of course, it sold out and you couldn't find it. But then they were able to restock by the time Christmas rolled mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were, you know, fully stocked during the big Christmas shopping season, which is ideally, I suppose, what you'd want. Mm -hmm. um, so we might be getting a new Switch. I'm glad I'll get at least a year out of the Switch before, <laughs> the, <laughs> before they stop making games for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, like, and I think it very much depends what that switch, that new system looks like. Is it going to just be a Switch 2? Is it going to be just a more powerful version of the Switch? If it's that, then I think we'll probably get at least a few sort of cross-generational games mm -hmm. there, uh, particularly from third parties. Um Mortal Kombat has released a couple of teasers hinting at the announcement of the new Mortal Kombat game. Um, but the most recent one that they released is of a clock, and the hands are ticking from 9 to 10 to 11, mm -hmm. which are the last three Mortal Kombat games that mm -hmm. they have released. And when it starts to tick to 12, it skips past 12 and skips to 1. Mm -hmm. So people are suspecting because of the way Mortal Kombat 11 ended with like Liu Kang becoming a god mm. and basically resetting the entire universe mm. that Mortal Kombat 12 will actually be a complete reboot again, mm. which they did in part nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's going to be more of a sort of remake of the original Mortal Kombat. Mm. So... Because they're rebooting the entire universe, some people think it'll be a sort of um, multiverse take on mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 1, and so that we might get very different takes on classic characters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might get this character suddenly a woman, or this character suddenly mm -hmm. a good guy, while they mm -hmm. were a bad guy in the original. Mm -hmm. um, Scorpion's know. a hero instead of Sub-Zero. <laughs> right, yeah, like that sort of thing. Like, you know, try to, like, mix it up in some way mm -hmm. to surprise people, but go back to, you know, and we're seeing this with Street Fighter Six mm -hmm. this summer, uh, them very much trying to go back to being this sort of mass market accessible fighting game mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Street Fighter Two was, mm -hmm. and maybe this is Mortal Kombat. I don't think Mortal Kombat has ever become, like, a diehard, like, only for people in the fighting game community. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the way that Street Fighter V was. But maybe this is them trying to sort of reset and say, okay, we're going to make a game that's mm -hmm. very much for the general population. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also Mortal Kombat not in the GQ list of 100 greatest games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all anybody talked about, right, when it came out, like, with the fatalities. Yeah. Like, that's all I heard from anyone. And Fatality. Really, yeah. It's more iconic than your chaos. Yeah, yeah. Mortal Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I wonder with something like Mortal Kombat and a lot of these games, if what hurt them was, well, which one do you vote for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, so probably not a lot of people voting for Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. So you probably have a lot of people voting for Mortal Kombat 2 mm-hmm. and then some people voting for 3 and mm-hmm. some people voting for Trilogy and, yeah. you know, some people mm-hmm. voting for, uh, you know, 11. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it splits the vote mm-hmm. in that That's way. Fair. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um that, that's my feeling probably for a lot of franchises. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, because there, I know Mario World and Mario 3 were on there, Mario mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, you could almost make a top 100 list with every platformer, every mm-hmm. mainline platformer Mario game on the right. list. Right. Right. Except Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Sunshine, go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, Sunshine's kind of a bad game. <laughs> For a Mario game. I think mm-hmm. if it's not, if if it didn't have the name Mario attached to it, it would probably get more love. But I think also people would be more honest about it not being that great of a yeah. game. <laughs> Um, where was Mario Party on this list too? Yeah, <laughs> rightfully where it belongs off the list. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, Elden Ring. Uh, speaking of Elden Ring, uh, has sold twenty point five million copies. So that is Pokemon territory. <laughs> so good for Elden Ring. That's a, a pretty high achievement and everything for it. Um and. Tears of the Kingdom, so I just saw this before we came in, is now the highest rated game ever on Open Critic and the highest in five years for Metacritic. Mm. So these are both aggregate sites that mm-hmm. bring together reviews from different places. Um, it is getting rave reviews, lots of 10s, lots of 5 out of 5s. Um, it seems like people love this game. Uh, reviews just broke this morning. The game releases tonight, but like early reviews are very, very positive. I will say though, it's one of those, it's becoming something where I'm very disappointed with Nintendo though. Like they've been, you know, they've, they've always been one of the companies that's bigger on doing copyright strikes on Mm -hmm. people, but they've been taking down a bunch of people's videos of playthroughs of breath of the wild and challenge runs and modded content and it and you know they're doing it because they want people to be focused on tears of the kingdom mm-hmm. but it's also like really like the reason i care at all is because of point crow or oh. small ant or whoever and so when you're taking down their videos you're decreasing my chances oh. of checking out a 70 dollar game before i drop 70 dollars oh. on it right yeah and i hadn't heard about that i knew about some of the modded versions them taking those down and stuff like mm-hmm. some of the multiplayer versions yeah point crow developed the multiplayer mm-hmm. mod mm-hmm. and they've they copyright struck all of his multiplayer videos and then they started going through and striking older challenge videos he actually uploaded a separate video talking he was like if it sounds like i'm reading a letter i literally am because this is the letter that i worked <laughs> out with my lawyer <laughs> Right, and he's like, "This, you know, some of the modded stuff, okay, but like some of these other ones you're taking down, literally follow your exact rules. Mm-hmm. I am adding my own commentary. I'm adding my own mm-hmm. style. What do you want me to do?" Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, 
my understanding is that a lot of Japanese companies have always been very weird about um, online coverage of their games. Mm. So this is coming from like games journalists and everything saying, hey, we used to go to E3 and ask for like videos of their games so we could put them on their website. And they were like, why do you want to put our game on your website? don't upload our game to your website. And they were like, no, we want to put a video of your game on our website. We don't want to put the actual game. We're not pirates. And that they just had a very weird attitude about it compared to American companies. And I think you see that in Nintendo. Yeah. That Nintendo has a very weird relationship with YouTube and with you know streamers in general where you're like, okay, I get you not wanting this unauthorized mod being promoted Mm -hmm. but like now these people are just streaming this game like nobody is not like everybody's a lot of people are anxious about streaming tears of the kingdom because of these things being taken Mm -hmm. down right and like nobody's not buying breath of the wild because somebody is streaming it Mm -hmm. right like it's not that 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 might convince me to buy it Mm -hmm. right if i can go check out how it is (laughs) but it's not that type of game it's not that cinematic driven game like mm-hmm. we were talking about right mm-hmm. like i get that much better like ryan loves the visual novel games and so i completely get if somebody was like hey don't stream our entire two-hour visual novel game mm-hmm. right like you you blew it and nobody will want to play it they can just watch you um but like you know you can sit there and watch breath of the wild for 20 hours and not get the real experience of playing that game mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Nintendo's very weird about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Um, you know, that ties into, like, their online play in addition with the friend codes and all of that. Like, Nintendo's very worried that um, predators are going to get to children through their online system. At least that's the excuse they give. I think it's just mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I was saying that. Okay, Nintendo. Okay. <laughs> I, I get them being a little bit more conservative about it because they have that family image, yeah. right? But th- there has to be a happy medium there yeah. somewhere. Um, like giving your friend code is not like signing up for Omegle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until the Switch 2. <laughs> Just integrate it. <laughs> Whenever you're playing a game, the little video pops up in the bottom corner. <laughs> what will it be this time? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Well, we're kind of going pretty quickly through this because um, we are all kind of crunched on time this week. So. We are going to get right to our big question of the week. And since it is finals and everything, and we are, well, at least Alicia and I are handing out grades at mm. this time, um, we thought we would talk about which franchise needs to go back and repeat a year of school. So basically, which franchise is not living up to our expectations? <laughs> and do we feel like could use some work could use going back and learning a few things from a a very distinguished professor maybe one who is currently abd (laughs) um and could teach them a thing or two about Mm -hmm. improving their product so um alicia what do you think which franchise would you send back to a year of school i'm gonna go with like the 
Nintendo sport, Switch Sports, Wii Sports, all that stuff. You know, the ones that were on the Wii were so good. They were so much fun. You could pick them up and play them with anybody. They were very accessible. You could have a great time. They had personality. When you threw the bowling ball backwards, everybody jumped and screamed. (laughs) (laughs) And the Switch version is just so dull and so boring. It's it's very lifeless. Yeah, it's so it's so lifeless. It's like, man, you had it right. Mm-hmm. Go back to that. Go back to the beginning of that school year. Figure it out. <laughs> right. It, it feels sort of like you're playing a party game in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like this very, like, everything's been sanitized. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it doesn't have that same spirit. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad game, really, but it's it's a lifeless game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's something that exists. Yeah, and I'm sorry to the people who spent money on it, because <laughs> <laughs> really the the Wii ones were so much better. Yeah. All right, uh, OJ. So I there, there's two that I'm thinking back and forth, but what I'm going to say is Castlevania, because yeah. I I love them. And they tried the reboot, and it just wasn't good. And then Dead Cells came out with the Castlevania pack, and it was just great. And so Dead Cells needs to teach Konami how to go back and make a good Metroidvania game. Because, like, I appreciate as times are changing and types of games are changing to keep up with that. But, like, I absolutely love the Metroidvania style, and I want that from Castlevania. And um, I'm not not getting that. So they should go back and repeat their their uh, symphony of the night class a few times um and or maybe really the metroid side like yeah. they, they have the vanya side down yeah. they need to learn more from the yeah. metroid side yeah. castle konami learned from nintendo for the metroid side nintendo learned from konami from the vanya side yeah. make a beautiful hybrid mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely <laughs> um and i will also say that i i'm looking at final fantasy and i'm like i think maybe you you're going to have to go back to because that, there's always the big argument of like action RPG versus like the old JRPG style and turn-based combat. And I want turn-based games. Like mm-hmm. even if it's not Final Fantasy, I want turn-based games because sometimes I can't sit there and give all of my attention to it. Sometimes my dog has to go out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like I can pause it, but then I'm coming back and there's just endless action that's happening everywhere and, and it throws me off. And so I just like a turn-based game. Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. That, that was part of what got me out of playing JRPGs, mm-hmm. right? As they moved away from turn-based gameplay, I was like, eh, you know, like, I, I think you and I have talked about it before, OJ, mm-hmm. that as you move closer to Bayonetta, why am I not playing Bayonetta? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that that's not what I ever came to these games for. Mm-hmm. Like, that was part of the appeal. And I know some of the more recent RPGs have had that, but like the big prestige ones mm-hmm. seem to be moving, you know, very far away from that. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish, you know, it seems like years ago we got Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, mm-hmm. which was their like sort of dumbed down American yeah. version <laughs> of Final Fantasy. But I love that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it very much at the time. Um, I get now looking mm-hmm. back at it, what yeah. the issues are with it. But um, I, I sort of think, Maybe they would do well to do like a spinoff, mm-hmm. right? Like do a Final Fantasy spinoff with the Final Fantasy tropes and all that, mm-hmm. but do it in a more classic Final Fantasy style mm-hmm. 
you know, even at a lower budget and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there would be an audience for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think the the branding of Final Fantasy carries a lot mm-hmm. with that. Oh, right? absolutely. absolutely. Um, all right. So, um, as you know, any um, any decent quality high school has some coach who is teaching, you know, like social studies or <laughs> psychology. They turn on mm-hmm. CNN student news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was channel one when I was in school. Um, but yeah, so who's like, hey, it's Friday. We're going to watch a movie. Um, and you're like, oh, cool. A movie about psychology. And they're like, it's Clifford, the big red dog. <laughs> you're like, um, okay, <laughs> coach. <laughs> Um, but I do think those coaches could teach a thing or two to Madden football. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like Madden football in the sort of like 16-bit era was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed those games. I was never like as big into those games as I was into like some baseball and basketball games, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy them. And then when we got to the PlayStation era and beyond that, Madden has just slowly lost any interest I have in it. And every once in a while, I'll try to play one of the newer Madden games. And I'm like, this is just, it's not fun to me. And I get to millions of people, they buy it every year and they play it every year. And I I assume they're having fun with it. They're enjoying it. It's not fun to me. And I think the last football game I really enjoyed um, was NFL 2K5 which is coming up very close on 20 years since its release. And I don't think Madden has made a better football game <laughs> than it in those 20 years. They, they bought out the rights to the NFL, so they couldn't make NFL 2K anymore. But I still think that's a better football game. <laughs> and I wish that EA would invest the money to just like completely retool that entire franchise and figure out how to make that more accessible, more fun to play, I understand why they don't because it's just printing money year after year. Mm-hmm. It's why we don't get a lot of reboots of those sorts of yearly franchises because why would you as long as they keep selling? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, you know, it really needs some intensive work in the weight room. It needs the coach to mm-hmm. like, you know, while we're all doing worksheets to pull it aside and say, come on, I'm going to teach you how to, like, <laughs> <laughs> to get better on the field. Um, it needs something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, send it back to school. Um, go. All right. That does it uh, for this week's episode. Uh, we are, because it's finals week and because there's going to be some traveling and everything, I think we will probably be out for a week or two. Um, and then we'll try to get back and have some new episodes. Uh, I assume we'll probably try to do some new episodes over the summer, but it might be intermittent depending on people's schedules. Uh, but we thank you for listening. As always, you can check out past episodes and other content on our website at salukigames.com. Um, OJ, Alicia, thank you as always. Um, and thank you, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> How are you doing, Justin? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be better when all the grading's done. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, uh, everyone have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. 